Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the Rundown. I am Rob Sanders. I come to you today as a humble fan. You know... You listen to other sports talk radio shows and all these guys are on the air and they're talking about all this stuff and they have these these pointed opinions, but they don't want you to think that they're a fan of anything. Look, I come to you and I'm honest with you across the board. I am a fan of all kinds of sports. I come to you today, though, as a humbled fan. The St. Louis Cardinals yesterday embarrassed my Atlanta Braves. They made them look silly. We'll get into that momentarily This is like, I mentioned this yesterday, I was so jacked up for this game. And then all of a sudden, my team comes out and they play like, I don't even know the the word that I can use without the FCC getting mad at me. Or our director of programming down the hall calling up and, hey man, we're going to fire you mid-show because uh, you can't say what you said on the radio there. That's how frustrated that I was last night, actually yesterday afternoon. You expected a nip-and-tuck type game. That's what I expected. And what happens? The Atlanta Braves come out, and in 25 minutes, the game was over. That's how long the first inning took. This is probably the most disheartening loss that I've had as a fan of any team. I honestly thought that the Braves would get it done yesterday, and I just had just this inkling that, all right, it's going to happen. Before the first inning's over, and you're just like, man, how how in the world did this happen? We'll talk about that this afternoon a little bit. I've also got several other stories, including uh, we're going to do some NFL picks this week. Someone uh, sent me a message on Twitter about uh, doing some NFL stuff. I can do that. Also, we'll look at the week ahead in the ACC and the SEC. Uh, we'll talk about... Um, There is female athletes are upset because they're having to face off against uh, transgendered athletes, athletes that were biologically born male, and they're upset because they're not able to compete. We'll get into that momentarily this afternoon. That's one of those stories that is going to step on toes. We'll have that this afternoon. We also have our Idiot of the Week I'll read you the headline, and then I'll tell you the story later on. A college football coach allegedly charged players rent while they lived in a locker room. So they're living in the locker room, and he's charging them rent to live there. I'll tell you about that story in a little bit. Florida is making a huge mistake heading into their matchup with LSU. We'll talk about that as well. But i got to start with Coach Dabo Sweeney today. Last night, he was asked a question about uh, quarterback Trevor Lawrence, and it was more along the lines of the uh, grace from the athletic. Asked the question 
about um, about Trevor Lawrence's elbow, if he had an MRI on his elbow. And, and Coach Sweeney had these comments. I'm going to play them for you, and then I'll tell you how I feel about them. But uh, these are comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney about Trevor Lawrence and uh, basically, in his mind, people trying to drum up drama for the program. No, I'm not confirming any of that, and I, and I don't want anybody texting me anymore. I had a media guy text me the other night about, you know, that's private information. That's private information. If I want anybody to know our medical stuff, I'll tell you. We'll put it on the injury report, you know. But, you know, uh, people texted me on my phone to ask me information that's not public, information that I wouldn't put out unless it was something that needed to be put out. Uh, that's, that's bad business. That's not how we do things. There's nothing wrong with Trevor. And I don't like people trying to create drama. There's no drama on this team, so what do people do? They want to create drama. It's the most unbelievable thing. There's no drama. Ain't nothing wrong with Trevor. Zeke, nothing. If we did it in MR or we didn't, that ain't nobody's business. We do MRIs all the time. All the time. All the time. I mean, a guy gets a bruise on his knee, we do an MRI. A guy bruises his elbow, we do an MRI. I mean, it's like we got to find – it drives me crazy. There's no drama on our team, and so we just want to create some drama. Oh, Trevor missed a throw. He must be hurt. No, he's human. He's human. All right? So here's what I'm confirming. Trevor Lawrence is a great football player and a great leader, and there ain't nothing wrong with him and, and uh, people creating stuff. That, that you know whether he had one or what does that mean? It means nothing. He had a bruise. He had a bruise. If if there was something wrong with him, would we be running him on the goal line and run? I mean, he's run great. There ain't nothing wrong with him. If he missed a throw, it's because he missed a throw. Period. If he made a mental mistake. He made a mental mistake. There's not. He's not hurt. There's nothing wrong with him. He's not. He's not. Whatever. All these people just need to relax. He's a human. And he's he's met every expectation. We're five and zero, and he's done a great job. Throwing for more yards per game than we threw last year at this time. Scoring the same amount of points than we did last year. Our th third down percentage is higher. Uh, but I'm not I'm not getting into medical information, all right? That that I don't put out there, and especially something, you know, uh, uh, he gets a bruise in the Texas A&M game. Ain't nothing wrong with him. Nothing. Zero. Had his best game at Syracuse. Played a great game up there. Ain't nothing wrong with him. You know, so all the drama you know, that, that people create, because the reason I'm, I'm hot about this ain't on you, Grace. I'm hot about this because I got a text last night at home and I was pissed about it. Uh, because it's, you know, like, oh my God, there's some conspiracy going on. You know, no, I tell y'all the truth. I'm trying to be transparent and honest. If there's something wrong with it, I would let people know. You know, there's nothing wrong with him. Zero. Nothing. So people need to get over themselves and quit creating drama when there is none. Zero. Drives me crazy. And that's just, I'm just, you know, I, I, I've been mad about it since last night. Coach Dabo Sweeney, his comments on Trevor Lawrence, and I said his elbow. I don't know why I said his elbow. It's his shoulder that allegedly there were some issues with. Look. I'm not saying that that I agree with what Coach Dabo Sweeney said, but I think that the reporter 
whoever it was that texted him has the uh, the the job to try to figure out Lawrence said that there was something going on with his shoulder I think in his media stuff the other day maybe the reporter didn't have enough of an answer from that and then what coach Sweeney said in his press conference on Tuesday he had the next opportunity he sent him a text message now here's my thing on that I don't understand why coach Sweeney is so upset and I and the reason that I say this is because if it's the text that set him off coach you don't have to give everybody your phone number I you know what I'm saying you don't have to do that now, this is obviously some reporter that he trusts that to have his phone number and he can go back and forth with whoever. But the reality is, is that if you don't want questions from the media when you go home, you don't want text messages from the media when you go home, it's simple. Don't give members of the media your phone number. Maybe I'm just a little out there on that. But here's the other thing. I do agree with Coach Sweeney that everybody's trying to figure out what's going on with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't think there's anything going on with Trevor Lawrence. How about this? If you're looking for a reason why the Clemson offense isn't as crazy good as it was last season, first of all, the offense gets better as the season goes on because they have more reps, more practice time, et cetera, et cetera. What exactly did you expect? Did you expect Trevor Lawrence to come out and throw for six touchdowns a game every single game? Because I tell you what, as of right now, the Clemson offense is averaging 42 points a game, according to uh, the ACC.com. Number one in the conference by seven points over Wake Forest. All right, you have a Clemson team that is number one in offense, number one in defense, is 5-0, and oh, and yet, people are people are still talking about is there a problem with the Clemson offense? And is it as efficient as it was against Alabama? Let's be honest on this too. The two games that Trevor Lawrence really, really shined in, they got the most spotlight. He played well in a lot of games last year. Let's make sure we put that out there. But the two games in the college football playoff where he lit up Notre Dame and then lit up Alabama, you can't expect teams to do that every day or, or a player to have that kind of game. Now you can also make the argument that he's playing without Hunter Renfro. Now, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, Hunter Renfro this, he didn't really have a lot of this, he didn't have a lot of that. Hunter Renfro is... A guy that um, has a lot of security blanket type stuff, meaning that if you don't have, you go through your first, second, third read, you can always find Hunter Renfro. He ran precision type routes, and he was going to always be open. You always had him there, and you knew that that was a safety spot for you to go. So maybe he misses Hunter Renfro. You could also make an argument that maybe uh, having Mitch Hyatt who was basically the captain of the offensive line. Not having that guy could hurt you a little bit. Maybe weaving some of these new guys into the system, uh, having Amari Rodgers, who we didn't really get to make a whole lot with last year, 
little boy, he did have Amari Rodgers, but having Amari Rodgers in a different kind of role, maybe that has something to do with it. I do agree with Coach Sweeney on, he doesn't think there's anything wrong with Lawrence. If you look at what's going on with the stats, yeah, they're not as great as they were last year, but hey, give it time. Give it time. But no one's going to have the performance that he had against Notre Dame and against Alabama. That's that's unquestionably hard. Alabama's not a punk football team. They're a team with a lot of pride. Same thing for Notre Dame. What happened to them in the college football playoff last year was something that is a black eye for their program, and it's not something that is going to happen over and over and over again. So the mentality of, hey, this can happen, and he should be able to consistently do that, is, I think it's just far-fetched. I don't think that it's kind of the way to go. But do you agree with Coach Sweeney that people are trying to, to bring drama to the program? I don't think that people wake up in the morning and they clap their hands and say, you know what? I want to bring drama to the Clemson football program. That's what I want to do today. I don't think Grace Renner from The Athletic was trying to do that. And she was doing her job, and he didn't bite her head off, but just his, his statement was very over the top. So, yeah, it, it was kind of tough when, when you actually hear those words come out of his mouth. I do agree with some of it, but the other half of it is is that you don't you put out your injury report, refer the guy to your injury report, and don't don't get snippy in your press con or your you know especially your your after practice uh, press conference. Eight zero three nine seven eight one eight three two eight zero three nine seven eight one eight three two. Do you think the media is trying to bring drama on the Clemson program? I say they're not. But I also think that the stuff that, what else do you want from this Clemson team? They're winning games by an average of 27 points a game. They had one subpar showing at North Carolina. Maybe North Carolina is just pretty good. Maybe we can talk about that. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. Out to the phones we go. Good afternoon. Welcome into the rundown. There we go. Good afternoon. Welcome into the rundown. As my phones are acting silly. Hold on, man. We'll get right to you, okay? Let's see if this works. And there you go. Welcome into the rundown. Good afternoon. All right. I got to reset my phones. So we'll figure that out in just a moment here as uh, we go to break. But we'll take calls on this this afternoon. At 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832. Justin says, no, I don't. I do agree they started off slow, but it's kind of ridiculous they judge off of one game in Chapel Hill. Look, he can't play the way that he played at Alabama all throughout his career. He had a life-altering game against Alabama. You're not going to find very many quarterbacks that went out there and did what he did against Alabama. Feel free to look. I'll wait. Then I'll take your call at 803-978-1832. You can tell us about these great quarterbacks that lit up the University of Alabama the way that Trevor Lawrence did in January. It just doesn't happen. 
And expecting him to have that kind of performance over and over and over again kind of makes you a dumb fan. It really does. If you're running around sporting your Trevor Lawrence hairdo at the beginning of the season, you know, the ones you can buy for like two bucks on, um, on pick your site here. Yeah, and you're sporting that, and then all of a sudden about four games in, you're like, I want to put this away. You're just not being very bright. But we'll take your calls this afternoon either way at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. Let's see if my phones are actually going to pay it work with me now. And welcome into the rundown. Good afternoon. All right, so i got to reset the phones. I'll get my engineers to do that. But we'll take calls on Trevor Lawrence, and if you think he's hurt, obviously Dabo Sweeney says there's nothing wrong with him. The stats show Clemson's 5-0 and and winning games by 27 points a game. I don't think there's anything wrong with the Clemson program. By the way, you can uh, credit a lot of that to the Clemson defense, which the offense was supposed to carry the defense for the first part of the season. The Clemson offense is giving up an average of about 10 points a game. Yeah, or the Clemson defense. So, yeah, they're, they're the problem too, right? I don't agree with Coach Sweeney that the media is bringing drama, but I do think it's interesting that folks are thinking, wow, what's wrong with this Clemson team? 803-978-1832. We'll take calls in just a little bit. This afternoon, I look forward to the list. The list are the five biggest storylines in college football. We'll have that, and we'll have um, the story of Female athletes are starting to speak out because, especially on the track front, they're being forced to face transgendered athletes that are, they were biologically males, and they were competing very well beforehand, but they know going in, if they're facing a, um, a biological male on, on a track surface, a lot of them are losing. It's not working out well for them. So we'll get into that this afternoon. That comes up at about 3.45 this afternoon. The list at 3.35 this afternoon as well. Some comments from Facebook Live. Justin says, you did say they were out of sync, though. Look, you can be out of sync, but if you're out of sync and you're still winning games by 27 points, imagine when you get in sync. Maybe I should play an in sync song. Maybe that should be the Clemson song for this weekend against Florida State. By the way, Florida State gives up an average of 29.5 points a game. So that's something to think about as you head into this weekend. So think about that. The Clemson uh, line on that game is at 27 and a half points. And people are like, wow, this is Florida State. Yeah, it is Florida State. I agree with you on that. But the reality is, is look how far Florida State has fallen. So we'll talk about that in a little bit here on the rundown. A quick break when we come back. We'll take your calls at 803-978-1832. This is the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Podcast for the show is up by 5 o'clock every afternoon. The cool part about the podcast, as I've said over and over again, it's like DVR on the radio. You can listen whenever you want. You know, that uh, if you're, you're watching, um, I don't know, your kids play volleyball, you want to have something in your headset there so you don't have to listen to the parents grumble? You can listen to the rundown. You can get upset with me about what I said about Trevor Lawrence earlier. That's fine. You know you people are out there, too, the ones that bought the $2 Trevor Lawrence headpiece. You're all scattered around Death Valley. And now you're like, he's not as efficient as he was against Alabama. Yeah, okay. Look, 
the NFL draft experts are saying Trevor Lawrence is going to do his thing in the NFL. The amazing run of quarterbacks that Clemson has had is the envy of college coaches around the country. Everything from Taj Boyd to Deshaun Watson to the guys that left. Look at the guys that left. Uh, Cooper's playing at Arkansas State, I think. Um, Hunter Johnson's playing at Northwestern. Kelly Bryant's playing at Mizzou. All of those guys have ties to Clemson. The quarterback, um, th- there's some quarterback envy across the country, and especially with, with the guys that are coming in. Uh, DJ Uga Ungalehi. I'm working on the pronunciation of his name. I don't want his mom to call up here and yell at me if I pronounce his name incorrectly. But he's coming in from the great state of California and should be the next it quarterback at Clemson. But we can't take your calls this afternoon. I did manage to get our phone squared away. 803-978-1832. Do you agree with what Coach Sweeney said? Is there a problem with, um, with what he put out there? Saying basically... You know what? I don't want people texting me at my house. I don't want there's nothing wrong with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I guess if he I think if he had if he had a one-on-one relationship with a member of the media that has his cell phone number, then he should be able to call that person from the media and tell them, "Hey, stop being dumb. I think you're being stupid. Stop texting me with this nonsense." Or I'm going to use the old B word, the block button. But if you've had enough of a relationship with a guy that you're going to give him your cell phone number, maybe that's more on you, Coach. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. Instant reaction from the Facebook Live group. We're talking about a guy who may never lose a college football game. Let's slow our roll on that. He's got to get through this season and next season before we talk about that. There is a section of people that believe that Trevor Lawrence could do that. And with the, um, let, let's be honest, the weakened ACC, because right now you got Virginia. They're not on the Clemson schedule. Next year gets a little tougher because you got to go to Florida State and you got to go to Notre Dame. Makes it a little hard. But to say, hey, Trevor Lawrence can't go out and do that, I mean, he's he's got the talent. He's got the guys around him. And he's got a great defense to lean on as well. People seem to kind of forget about those things. That's that's something that can really help out your offense when the defense is like, yeah, nobody's going to score on us. We're not feeling that. All right, let's go out to the phones. 803-978-1832. Here is our first call of the day. Welcome into the rundown. Good afternoon. Hey, how's it going? What's going on, man? Uh, I think you're kind of analyzing this all wrong. You know know how Dabo is. Dabo's a very smart guy, and he's, He's very good at using the media to get points across, and they're sometimes directed at different people. And I, I think you're, yeah, logically you're looking at it the right way, but I think, you know, he's. It's not that somebody texted it at home. It has nothing to do with. It. That's what he said. But what he's trying to do is send a message to his team. And I like much like the rant back in the day when you know he was trying to fire up a fan base that was demoralized. And uh, before they, you know, they wanted the fans to stay with this team if they lost to South Carolina. Let me let me um, ask you. You mentioned firing up the team. They're winning games by twenty seven points yeah. a game. They're five no, and zero. They've won nineteen is, straight games. Hearing, I hear what you're saying, but all they're hearing is exactly what Dabo's calling, trying to create drama. They're hearing negativity from every 
national pundit that opens their mouth talking about Clemson. They're taking them out of their top four. They're saying they're not going to make the playoffs. They're saying they're not even the top eight, some of them, you know, and they're talking about all these other teams. And much like it's kind of what Saban calls rat poison to constantly be hearing about how good you are. I think it also can really create a negative, uh, psychologically a negative thing for a team to constantly hear about, you know, they feel like they're doing the right thing, but all these people are saying they're not, and they're not any good. And they're not near what they were before. And Trevor, something's wrong with Trevor. And that's what I think he's doing. I think he is like using this as an opportunity to fire up his team and get them you know, believing that they are not, you know, just out of control, spiraling downward and, and all these negative things that people love to build you up and then break you down. And uh, for some reason, they love for Alabama to just be awesome all the time because they just won't shut up about it. But with Clemson, it's just let's look for something. Let's look for a chink in the armor and let's just go after it. And this was Dabo's way, in my personal opinion, to fire up his team. But I got to run, man. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate that, man. But I yeah. tell you what, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. But if you look at look at it from this perspective with Clemson, if you look at their FPI, which is from uh, ESPN with their percentages to win games, et cetera, down the line, the they are favored in the 80. I think every game is at above 80%. So every single game. They're favored by an 80% margin to win the game, according to ESPN's FPI, which is a computer-based scheduling thing. It's an algorithm thing they put together where it's simulation on top of simulation. Look, I do think there is a section of the media that is absolutely SEC-driven. They are going, and and Big Ten-driven, by the way. There are plenty of people that run around that have... um, that are, I think, are members of the media that have like the back tattoos that say SEC or the Big Ten or Ohio State or Alabama, and they want you to think that they invented football and they're the absolute best. And how dare you, as Clemson, even remotely try to talk about, oh, you're so awesome, we're Clemson, we can do this, we can do that. Did you see what we did to Alabama? No, 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 none of that. I'm talking about the Paul Feinbaums and the ESPN section of the world where they're going to put out there, well, you know, Clemson's not being very efficient like they were last season. Maybe. Maybe if we run our mouths a little bit, maybe that'll do something. There is that section of the media. But I think that the majority of the Clemson players, they've played in the college football playoff for, what, four straight years? They should be used to this by now. Now, as far as those people with the SEC lower back tattoos, they're going to look really stupid when they're old, by the way. But they're running around putting this stuff out that the SEC is so much better. If you look at Clemson, they just beat people senseless. Bring on the SEC teams. Look what happens to them. It's really crazy when they want to talk about North Carolina, and North Carolina was, oh, well, they almost beat Clemson. Tell us about the last SEC team to beat Clemson. It was, what, Alabama two, three years ago? Because the Tigers ain't lost a game since. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. The list coming up shortly, five biggest storylines from the weekend. We will also get into our transgendered athletes ruining athletes for women, uh, athletics for women. A couple of stories we'll throw out there with that. And uh, a preview of the ACC and the SEC for the weekend. We'll get into that this afternoon here on The Rundown. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Soundsgood. Lawton Swan, by the way, the bald man on the radio, the czar of Clemson sports, the man who wants to be your mayor. He just won't tell you that. 
He joins us this afternoon. Uh, he takes over for me at 4 o'clock, and uh, he will uh, be with you on the ride home from 4 to 6. He has all your Clemson information that you need. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Clemson Sports. His website is ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Uh, we got to get into the Braves a little bit later on as well. That's coming up probably about 3.50 today. Uh, we'll get into that and the debacle that was last night in Atlanta. The, the game was over before. The, it started at 5 o'clock, and it was over in 26 minutes. So congrats to the St. Louis Cardinals for basically ruining an Atlanta Braves season. 162 games, that doesn't matter. We can ruin your season in 26 minutes. So congrats to the Cardinals for that. And I'll tell you what their coach said in the locker room after the game was over. I can't really say all of it here because uh, I'll probably get in trouble. But he basically laid it out there. And we also have to find a new mascot for the Braves because uh, there's no more tomahawk chopping. I've got some great ideas about what we can call the Atlanta Braves since they completely sold out to political pressure and they didn't have any tomahawk chop yesterday in Game 5 of the NLDS. So we have to come up with a new name. I've got several. We'll give those to you this afternoon on the rundown right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Strap in. It's time for the list. The list this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. I tell you what, it's an interesting list today because it's kind of like a preview of the weekend. And interesting stories about different games from the SEC and the ACC some of the big storylines as uh, we head into the football weekend, which, by the way, starts tonight. At number five, you've got Syracuse at NC State. You know, coming into the season, the Orange were ranked 22nd in the AP poll, and a lot of people were thinking, hey, they're going to compete with Clemson in the Atlantic. Six weeks in, it looks like Syracuse is going to have a challenge just getting to six wins. Both squads are three and two, by the way. 0-1 in ACC play. They're coming in off of bye weeks. I think it's going to be a shootout. Syracuse is terrible on defense. NC State is also terrible on defense. So if you're going to bet, I would take the over. But Syracuse is a plus four and a half. So they're a four and a half point underdog on the road at NC State. You get three for being at home, so they think they're a point and a half better. Interesting matchup there tonight. That game kicks off at 8 o'clock on ESPN. We move to tomorrow night, Friday. First of all, I have to put this out there. I don't like scheduling college games on Friday night because it takes away from the high school games. It really does. I mean, high school football should be on Friday night, and that's it. Do we have to schedule a Friday night game? But with this game, it's a pretty big deal. Virginia is a two-point favor or two-point underdog at Miami. They did suffer their first loss of the season at Notre Dame. But they then had that bye week and then they head to Miami. Miami was down 28 to nothing last week to Virginia Tech, came all the way back and then fell short losing 42 to 35. Uh Nikosi Perry was making his first start after coming in for Jaron Williams last week against the Hokies, uh, he went, uh, Perry threw for 422 yards and four touchdowns. So maybe they found their answer at quarterback in Miami. The Hurricanes need the win to avoid going to two and four overall. Virginia needs the win if they're going to stay ranked. Okay? 
I look for Virginia to go in and get the win tonight, but I think it's going to be it's going to be our Friday night. It's going to be a nip and tuck type game on Friday night. But that's a couple of big storylines before we even get into the football weekend. Number three. At number three, you know, you got a couple of interesting uh, other matchups in the ACC. I like Louisville at Wake Forest. That's the big game on Saturday night at 7.30. The Cardinals have, haven't have had an ACC win in 686 days. Whoa, that's crazy. Until they beat Boston College last week. Now they'll look for another conference W as they hit the road to play at 19th-ranked Wake Forest. For the conference, this Wake Forest needs to win this game to actually stay in the rankings. So a big matchup there. Louisville ranks 23rd in rushing offense behind uh, JV and Hawkins, 112 yards rushing a game. I think the game is going to be really, really tight. Wake also ranks 16th in total offense. So both teams have some pretty good guys on offense. Should be a high-scoring affair there. But an interesting matchup on Saturday night with Louisville and Wake Forest. Number two. Number two, we go to the SEC. You know, you've got the big matchup, which we'll get to in a moment, which is huge, absolutely huge. But you know what? The I guess the secondary matchup is Alabama-Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a 16-and-a-half-point underdog at home. When you look at that and you're thinking, wow, Alabama is so great, I'm not one of those guys that that thinks that. I think Alabama's defense is suspect. And I think Texas A&M is going to do the job. I don't know if they'll win or not. Some people are thinking this may be a spot where Alabama stumbles, and it could happen. Texas A&M has got the athletes and – with what's going on at Kyle Field, man, that's that is a tough, tough place to play. But if you look at these numbers, South Carolina and Ole Miss combined for 54 points and 935 total yards behind a pair of true freshman quarterbacks in their first SEC start. So if you have true freshman quarterbacks that are lighting up that Alabama defense, What do you think Kellen Mond's going to do? He's making his 27th start. Just saying. Now, that Alabama offense is beyond special. And it may come down to they make big plays, especially in the receiving core, and that might be something that, that kind of hinders this game on out. But Texas A&M is going to be in this game. I, I really and truthfully believe that. Look for that, uh, that game to be close, a lot closer than the 16 and a half. Number one, one, of course, the biggest game of the weekend on the national front. It comes down to Florida at LSU. Florida is a 13-point underdog on the road. You know what? I'm thinking people just don't respect Florida. If you ask the average person that watches this stuff, they're like, oh, well, Florida's terrible. How are they in the top 10? How can they possibly be in the top 10? Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. You watch Florida. Florida's pretty efficient. Florida has got a pretty good defense. I'm just saying. I think the key to this game is can Florida strike early and kind of shut that crowd up a little bit? I do think LSU is very special. But I think each of the – I read the stat. Each of the past seven games has been decided by a touchdown or less. 
with a cumulative score in those games of Florida 134, the Tigers 134. Florida ruined LSU's 5-0 start last year in the Swamp, sacking Burrow five times and picking him off twice. I don't think it's going to be that far-fetched, but I do think that Florida will keep it close, but LSU and the Bayou, they are tough to beat down there. They really are. I look for LSU to win 30-23, to something like that. But I think that number 13 is a huge, huge spread there. So there's the big storylines heading into the college football weekend. Of course, the big game tonight, if you're an ACC fan, you've got Syracuse and uh, NC State. I think that's kind of a knockout game, meaning that whoever loses probably isn't going to a bowl game. I, I really believe that. Beth online says she does not like the Florida Gators. Well, I think there's, a, what, 100,000 Aggie fans that, uh, or excuse me, 100,000 fans, however many they're going to have down in the bayou, that probably don't like them either. <laughs> but I think Dan Mullen is a good coach, and I think he has the opportunity to, uh, if he goes down there and picks up a win over LSU, and his team is 6-0, and there's going to be a lot of people that are in the land of the Bulldogs that are going to be like, whoa, this Florida game is going to be tough. Going to be tough. We'll take calls on that at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. If you want to get involved with the program this afternoon, my name is Rob Sanders. I will be right back here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Appreciate you joining me this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app, you know, I got one more note about Florida. You know, I mentioned Florida is possibly, I think they're going to cover the spread on Saturday. But, hey, uh, one thing we forgot. The headline reads, Florida might be teasing a special uniform for the LSU game. Look, when you wear special uniforms, it generally doesn't work out for you. They're making the trip to Baton Rouge, and they're talking about they may wear a special uniform. I mean, this is a special game, but in my opinion, it's, do you really want to make it where, hey, we're going out in a special uniform? Those never really work out. Coach Dan Mullen says, yeah, whatever they want to wear. This is from 247 Sports. It is what it is to get to those guys. I mean, we'll be wearing a black jersey combination at some point. We'll be doing some cool stuff for the guys because that's what they like to do. That's what it's about. When you sit there and say, hey, coach, how's recruiting going? Well, I'm recruiting 17, 16, 17-year-olds, and we cater to what they think is really cool. Then the white helmets, the kids really like the white helmet. They think that's really cool. You know what? How about have some tradition? You know what's cool? The tradition we have at Florida where, you know, Tim Tebow was running around in, in, in the uniform that Tim Tebow wore. That's still cool, right? Or you make that where it's cool. All this changing of the uniforms, I, I don't get it. Just have what you have, and then when people see it coming, they know. When people see the Golden Domes of Notre Dame, they know what it is. When people see the red helmet that Alabama has, they know what it is. Changing the uniforms all the time, it just kind of cheapens it, in my opinion, just a little bit, especially after going into it thinking, all right, well, this is a big game. You really want to put the pressure on these kids that, hey, look, I got this special uniform. I don't know. 
A couple of other stories before we get out of here this afternoon. College football coach allegedly charged players rent while they lived in the locker room. Los Angeles Pierce College is in California, and some allegations came out against Carlos Wood, their coach. Pierce doesn't take on players from the L.A. area. It's a national recruiter of community college prospects. Players from 16 different states on the current roster. Woods is now being investigated because according to a report, a number of unnamed players paid Woods $350 a month in rent to stay together in what was a three-bedroom apartment near campus. As many as 30 players lived in a three-bedroom apartment, taking up space wherever they could find. But then they started getting eviction notices. Uh Uh-oh. And then it went from there. Players who were at Pierce last year explained they slept stacked up in bunk beds and on cots and in any available space in the apartment. Once they noticed eviction notices being left on the door, they decided to leave and fend for themselves. But then we have the story of some of these players were ending up as homeless. It's just a mess with what's going on there. So if these allegations are true, wow. If I, that's why you got to be sure when you send your kids off to school, especially if they're an athlete, hey, man, are they going to have a place to stay? That's kind of a big thing up front. So interesting story there. But the final story that I have for you today, and you can respond to this at 803-978-1832, is about Selena Soul. Now, you don't know who Selena Soul is, but she is a track athlete from up in the New England area. She failed to qualify for the 55-meter track event in New England regionals after two biological males scored the qualifying places. Now, she's 16 years old from Bloomfield, Connecticut, and she was forced to compete against male athletes because despite being born biologically male, the two now identify as females. It's just not fair. I I don't know any other way to describe it, but it's just really not fair and not... uh, it's getting to a point now where you're asking young ladies to compete against men. They were born men and, and it's not, if they're born biologically male, they have different areas of strength that they're going to be better at. Selena says competing against transgender athletes is heartbreaking for biological girls who know at the beginning of the race that no matter how hard they try, the biological athletes will win. She says, quote, I've lost opportunities to compete at world-class tracks. I've lost opportunities to compete in front of college coaches and gain attention. And I've lost opportunities to win titles. So we got to figure out a way to fix that because there's going to be a lot of young ladies that are, there's no, why, why would I even bother to compete? There's no way that I can win. No way that I can win. So it's an interesting thing going on with transgendered athletes identifying themselves as females. And they're kind of, you can make an argument that they're ruining collegiate athletics or athletics in general for women. And I don't know the way to fix it. Selena is working with the ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, filed a complaint with the Department of Education Office for Civil Rights, and they've agreed to educate. 
So it's interesting, though, that we have. She is a woman that is technically being taken advantage of. You don't really hear a lot about it. You don't hear a lot about it. All right. So interesting stuff there. You can respond to me on Twitter this afternoon. I am at Rob Sounds Good. Also, don't forget, there's only one original pool table store in Columbia. It's Carolina Pool Tables Plus on Two Notch Road. Others may call themselves a pool table store. They can't match the original with selection, service, and prices. Carolina Pool Tables Plus has been in Columbia for over a decade, and they offer the largest selection of true solid maple and oak pool tables in the Carolinas. Not like those on the Internet where you go and you buy a pool table and they send it to you in pieces. Who wants to do that? You buy a pool table at Carolina Pool Tables Plus, they come to your house and set it up for you. Ta-da! That way you don't have to put it together yourself. The friendliest staff in Columbia dedicated to educating their customers. You go in and you feel like you're a part of their family. Don't buy that pool table on the Internet. Some do. That's a big mistake. It's maybe low quality. may warp, become unlevel. Get a pool table that is made of maple and oak. Solid. That's what you get from Carolina Pool Tables Plus. 5717 Two Notch Road open seven days a week for your convenience. Stop by their showroom. Give them a call. 803-799-5305. If you already have a pool table, they've got all kinds of uh, the stuff to keep your pool table looking good. And if you want to get a good pool cue, go by there and check them out. They've got some great stuff. They also sell jukeboxes and everything else. Very cool stuff at Carolina Pool Tables Plus. All right, tomorrow on the rundown, LaVon Kirkland, former Clemson athlete, former Clemson great. He's still great. Played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He will join us in studio. We'll talk a little football with LaVon Kirkland tomorrow. And... We'll get into our games from the weekend. We'll pick his football mind a little bit, see what he thinks about Trevor Lawrence. See see where, where his head's, all, head's at on that. I mean, he's actually laced them up and done it, not like many of us have. So we'll get uh, the views from the former Clemson uh, great LaVon Kirkland. We'll have him in studio tomorrow to chat with us a little bit. Also, we've got... Uh, we'll run down the whole week of uh, the weekend it, that is coming up and several other things on the rundown tomorrow. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. The podcast will be up about 5 o'clock this afternoon. Be sure to check that out. And as I said, Clemson Sports Talk is next. Lawton Swan, the czar of Clemson Sports. Make sure you get with him. He's the biggest, like, rugby. He, he's the biggest rugby. He's like, he loves the show tunes. Ask him to sing you that. Lawton loves the show tunes. Ask him. All right. More of the rundown tomorrow here on Fox Sports Radio 1400.